0: A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here. And today I have the privilege of hosting Joy Rios. She is the co founder of Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting and the co host of the Hit Like a Girl podcast. That's H I T, like a girl podcast. She has written five books on quality payment programs to help doctors navigate the transition to value based care. And she's also passionate about advocating for women leaders in healthcare and health IT. And today we're going to be talking about her activities as a fellow podcaster in healthcare, but also the work that she's doing in value-based care. So Joy, such a privilege to have you here with us today. Thanks so much for joining.
1: Sal, this is a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And so you're up to some really cool things, you know, traveling the country during COVID. Super interesting. Safely, safely, <laughs> safely. That's right. Safely driving, masks, all the good stuff. National parks, and among that, doing some really great things with your podcast and healthcare. So before we dive into the nuts and bolts of your impact, tell us a little bit more about what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Sure, happy to share. I just have a real belief that it is possible to do well by doing good and so for the last probably 5 years and as much as you know since i kind of got my mba um, back in the o's um, mm-hmm. i've really just tried to make my career about having a positive impact in the world and i know that sounds really really cheesy but there's a lot of different ways to do that and ultimately that is something that drives me and it Shown up in different ways, specifically around, you know, the ideas behind value based care and like the goals of getting there as our healthcare system. Because as a complete system, it's something that shows up for me as something that's been broken for a really long time. So being on the track of being able to help and kind of get it going into a direction that is a little bit more useful for more people is something that means a lot to me. And then also, you know, being part of a culture change around, you know, women in particular. And, and I guess that kind of speaks to, you know, underserved communities or communities that are not necessarily at the forefront of our society. So, I mean, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it.
0: Love it. Yeah, no, that's really neat. Yeah. And there's a big need for the type of support you guys provide both with the work at Chirpy Bird and also the inspiration that you guys are providing with your podcast, Hit Like a Girl. So take us where you want to take us, Joy, you know, and talk to us about how you're adding value to the healthcare ecosystem.
1: Well, I guess I'll start with the trippy bird stuff and that is essentially we work health IT consulting, you know, there's this huge push to move towards digital. We've worked with a ton of clients that have started out on paper and are, you know, adopting an electronic health record and then figuring out how to use it. So we've been at this for quite a bit. We work with a lot of ambulatory providers and, you know, regardless of what their specialty is, we tend to be vendor agnostic, so not really married to A specific technology or software or anything, but ultimately just looking at what are the goals, figuring out where a practice is and how can we get them from here to there and sort of align with what the government is asking for them. And I feel like, you know, a lot is being, especially now, a lot is being asked of from providers and nurses and their staff. And just, you know, it's so important for them to be able to. Spend time and pay attention to what patients need. That, you know, we try to do our best to kind of help them with the administrative, like the back end stuff. I I kind of liken what we do to being an accountant, that at the end of the year, they need to submit some data to the government. And we can, you know, as an accountant, help them make sure that it's the right information that reflects the best for them to help them get the highest return, essentially.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And so, are we talking about? you know, really taking a look at Medicare and it's the merit-based incentive payments, right? Yes,
1: exactly. Maximizing it. That's right. So, I mean, it started out with um, programs with meaningful use and the EHR incentive program, but that has evolved over time to measuring quality, measuring improvement activities, looking at the cost, And also how practices use their technology, and all of that is wrapped up into the merit-based incentive payment system. Which you know, for folks that don't follow that closely, means that every doctor gets assigned a score somewhere between zero and one hundred every single year, and then they're one
0: hundred, right?
1: Yeah. So you want to be closer. It's like you want an A, right? Yeah. School. And then your reimbursement rate from Medicare gets tied to that score and it resets every year. So clinicians this year in 2020 are working on their score, which will determine their payment in 2022, two years from now. Gotcha. So it's complicated. It's complicated every single year. And we just try to make it as simple as possible so that you know, folks can focus on the work that they should be working on, which is like working on patients, making sure that they're as healthy as they can be.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And so this is key, right? And, you know, if you're a physician listening to this solo practitioner or, you know, not part of a large IDN, you're responsible for tracking and managing your score. Chirpy Bird is doing some pretty neat stuff to help you stay at the higher end of those dollars to be earned what would you say makes what you guys do different or better than, than what's available today in that respect?
1: Well, there's not very many organizations out there quite like us. There's plenty of people that maybe work for an EHR company or they'll be coming at it from a specific angle. And it's usually tied to a larger vendor. Mm-hmm. And our consulting is 100% agnostic. So we kind of don't care if you what software that you use. Or what method you want to report it, if you're using your EHR, if you're using claims, if you're using a registry, you know, it, none of that particularly matters. We're going to look at what the rules require, what resources a practice has in place, looking at their staff, how much time they have to dedicate, who's their biller, what are their practices, et cetera, what are their goals, and making sure that not only are they measuring, you know, the quality and things that they actually care about, but that they actually want to make improvements on specifically to their, you know, what outcomes are they looking for and how can we get them there faster, Mm. you know, in line with the government requirements ultimately. So, you know, it's kind of a niche thing that we do and it's nice. It's somewhat tailor-made and meeting people where they are to kind of get them as far as we can.
0: That's really cool. It sounds like a really useful service, and so as you think about, you know, stories. Yeah, I feel like stories really resonate with all of us. What's a story that you could go to that shows sort of the improvement in outcomes, or you know, probably most likely here business model innovation? I don't know. I might be wrong. It might be both.
1: No. Well, so one thing that comes up for me, we have a large practice that we work with over on the East Coast and Mm -hmm. they work for it with a lot of nursing homes in Mm -hmm. three different states. And so they were hit really hard with COVID this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they basically had to one, adopt telehealth just like a lot of different organizations did. So how can they actually make sure that their staff is up to date, that they have a telehealth program? Two, they didn't actually want to drop the ball. Like a lot of people sort of put their MIPS reporting or data collecting sort of on the sidelines, but they kind of doubled down on it to make sure that they wouldn't really lose any traction. And you know, a year ago, when we first started working with this particular organization, it was a little bit frustrating. I mean, we had a lot of like, kinks to work out. They weren't necessarily measuring things that, like I had said, that, that mattered to them. And so we switched the quality measures, made sure that they aligned with their goals. They actually track a lot of dementia quality measures, four or five of them. And now on, we meet on a weekly basis. And one of the managers actually ended up coming down with COVID earlier in the year, March or April. And so kind of supporting them through that, making sure that they had all of their needs met while also being able to take care of their staff and just adjust quickly was really something that I, it meant a lot to me. And I know that it meant a lot to them at the end of the day. And so now when we meet on a weekly basis, you know, their performance rates are pretty like close to a hundred percent all across the board. They've been able to just like get their staff and they took the time to actually, you know, even using the downtime to make sure that they implemented different cost measures Or they trained folks that on, on items or workflows that they hadn't taken the time to train them before because they they were like, let's use this downtime to make sure that we can, you know, bring this stuff to the forefront that had been on the back burner for so long. And so they ended up just kind of well oiling their machine and they're running like clockwork over there. And so That's awesome. we're, you know, already looking into what are the changes that they should anticipate for next year. And instead of, you know, playing catch up for this year or trying to like you know, do the most at the very end, we're already prepping for, you know, what they're going to do to maximize and and take advantage of the changes for next year. Because next year, it looks like the telehealth codes or the place of services will be included for a lot of the measures that they're tracking, which wasn't something that was included before. So that's kind of one of the big changes between from COVID from this year till next.
0: So interesting. Well, and there's a success story. And, you know, we've got so much on our plate that you really, if you are expecting to be the expert at everything that you do, if you haven't discovered it already, probably will that you're going to (laughs) fail. And so Joy and her team at Chirpy Bird are there to help with anything MIPS related and the changes. In fact, I think average score since MIPS began is 94.5 out of 100. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, we try to keep the bar pretty high. So even though there is um, what they call an excellent performance rate, which typically guarantees a higher reimbursement. In years past, that's been like 75 out of 100 points or 85 out of 100 points. We essentially try to just, you know, knock that out of the park and get people as close to a perfect score as we can get essentially every single year. So, that's
0: awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. So, hey, if you're having MIPS problems, hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have those problems anymore. <laughs> that's
1: right. We're here to help. Well, you mentioned something earlier, which I wanted to pull that string. And it's about being <laughs> the expert in everything and how impossible that is. And, you know, one of the ways that we talk about in our podcast of so the Hit Like a Girl podcast is yeah. like healthcare is super, super complicated. And there's no way for any one of us to know it all or be the right. expert in anything. And part of our mission is just to kind of share with, with listeners and, you know, whoever wants to be part of our community, the puzzle piece that we hold and understand the puzzle pieces that they may hold and find ways that we can perhaps connect these dots more, you know, quicker, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of get work together and create a supportive community of like, understanding the landscape a little bit better, and then hopefully finding ways to join forces and get farther faster, essentially.
0: Yeah, you know, Joy, I think it's an awesome point. And that's why I think podcasting is so great, you know, and now there's more and more podcasts in healthcare. We're we're aggregating this knowledge, you know, the the different puzzle pieces to the healthcare equation, and it's super useful. So, folks, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Joy's podcast, you definitely have to check it out. It is uh, hitlikeagirlpod.com. She co-hosts that with Robin Roberts, and just incredible guests. And they do a beautiful job of showcasing and interviewing some great health leaders, covering some challenging topics. Definitely one you have to check out. We'll include the link in the show notes. So as you've you know, you've been an entrepreneur for many years now, Joy, out of the things that you've done, feel free to pull from the podcast or your consulting business. What's been one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced? And what was a key learning that's made you better out of it?
1: You know, I thought about this for quite some time, and I'm thinking about all of the different challenges that both Robin, my business partner, and co host in the podcast, you know, we've faced over the years that we've been together. And man, there's been quite a few setbacks. I mean, one, we, we met at a job that we had worked at previously together, mm-hmm. we helped to manage a larger team. That whole team got laid off on a conference call one Friday and so like that ended up being sort of the the launch of like well i guess that idea that we had for working together it's happening like whether <laughs> we're ready or not like yeah. here we go and you know, really tragically, a month later, after that happened, her son passed away.
0: Oh my God. So,
1: you know, he had taken on, had gotten a rare disease at the age of three and a half, and she'd been oh my God. You know, caring for him for a couple years. And he succumbed to that illness acute flaccid myelitis. And, you know, starting a new business, having to deal with a very significant death in the family. And we kind of liken it to like trying to build a plane after you've jumped off a cliff, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was yeah. it felt a little bit like that at the time. And I don't know that there's really many ways that you can necessarily prepare for that or say like, what's the lesson learned other than keep going and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that you're not losing the forest for the trees. Or like, I think that's also been part of the way that we, and our team works together has really been to find ways to support each other through unexpected times and challenges, like because life happens. And I think that this year in particular is a very good example of that, of how can we be flexible for each other and really play to our strengths and, you know, where somebody else is feeling weak, then the one of us can be strong and sort of, you know, tighten our network to just, be one of support. And it's interesting because that happened, you know, in 2018. And when COVID hit, and everybody was kind of transitioning to this remote, you know, work from home environment, I have to tell you not much changed for us. Like we had already been in that situation, our team is somewhat dispersed. We, you know, work with the majority of women within our team anyway and so they have flexible hours are able to spend time with their families you know it's a matter of getting the work done not necessarily the hours of day that they are doing it and so having this somewhat sustainable model that was already built in to be somewhat flexible allowed us to not have too much of you know a culture shock when the covid chapter began earlier this year
0: yeah no that's um appreciate you sharing that, you know, definitely a tough situation to deal with, you know, the many things, right, they all kind of came at one time. And it's just like, Oh, how do you plan for this? And, you know, I guess that's really where the strong foundation for community comes from. I get the sense from both your podcast and your business, you know, that drive and that value for community.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that you know, it shows up in a lot of different ways, but ultimately trying to take away the idea and I guess focusing a little bit more on women. We do focus a lot mm-hmm. of on women and their unique kind of career paths because they don't always happen in a stepwise fashion. Often they're, you know, a little bit more like a cha-cha and people have to <laughs> like adjust their lives a little bit. And, you know, so many things come up for me. And one is that like, there has to be a way forward for these unique life paths because women tend to be the ones who do a lot of running of organizations. They're the ones who like keep organizations going, whether it's in healthcare or other industries. And we really wanted to find a way that we could um, take away the competition of feeling like, oh, there's only a limited number of seats at the table. So we're all going to be fighting each other for it. And instead, how can we Find success in each other's success. Find ways to actually not just support each other, but you know when one of us makes it somewhere to turn around and help the next person follow you know through that, follow our lead. And so it's kind of grown into a little bit of both mentorship and being menteed by different women professionals. and that has been really neat. And I mean, it's showed up in like we're having Twitter book clubs and we have a private Slack community and, you know, we're finding ways that we can help each other's organizations, either like give you feedback on your website or, you know, volunteer for, you know, different initiatives that they've got going on. And so it really has kind of, grown and expanded into something a little bit bigger and greater than what even we had intended. But it's kind of lovely. It's been really great to see people kind of support, not just us and our work, but support each other because that's ultimately the goal.
0: Love it. And today with COVID and you know, the the need for community has never been greater. And, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with leaders in healthcare these past few months and that need is there. And if you are a lady that is looking for community within healthcare, other high achieving women, hit like a girl pod. Just go there and then there's a link that says mentoring. And there's some options that are literally like no brainer options <laughs> that you should take a look at. So really appreciate you sharing that, Joy. What are you most excited about today?
1: Well, uh, on a personal note, I am excited that I have been able to spend time with people safely. Like I have briefly mentioned, I've been on this road trip with my dog because I have been sheltering in place on my own for many months. And it's been really nice to kind of tap in, I guess, to that community. And it's been interesting to feel, you know, again, kind of. Thinking about COVID, like there's times when one can feel so alone, and yet I realize like how much we do need each other. And it's been, I've been excited to sort of rediscover that even if I am on my own, how much of a support system I have, whether or not they are in the same room with me or across the country. And that has been something that's been exciting for me because I know that that, like, whether career wise or business wise or even just personally that is something that is really meaningful and at the end of the day it makes me feel good and at the beginning of the day makes me excited to wake up
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's so great. And you know, I feel the same way too. It's the connections that I've been able to make through, you know, really the the past that, you know, I've been able to find community in some of those and I know it's hard so I'll reemphasize you know for any women looking for health care I mean the niche is awesome too right you're listening to this you love healthcare so yeah
1: that's it <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> if you're a healthcare woman looking to connect with other like-minded healthcare women great opportunity so you obviously hear the passion and the story here is very genuine and certainly an opportunity for you to act on it you're not alone Joy, thanks so much again. And before we conclude, I'd love if you could share a closing thought and then the best place for the listeners could get in touch with you or find out more about the work that you do in healthcare.
1: Sure, happy to share. I think where I'm gonna land today is finding and following your purpose and not necessarily going after a specific career or a financial goal or just being really specific, but you know, finding your purpose and then maybe doing the cha-cha with your life (laughs) that like, you know, it is not necessarily, even though we may have one step after the other of like following our dreams, but like ultimately focus on what drives you and maybe the work that you would do even if you don't get paid for it. Because sometimes that ends up being something that leads to much larger and you know bigger returns on either your investments of time or energy or any other resources. It's something that you'll continue to come back to and feel good about in the life that you're living. So I think that's the thought that I would leave your listeners with. And if anybody would like to find me on Twitter, I am at Ask Joy Rios. On LinkedIn, I am Joy Rios, and then my two websites. The one is Chirpy Bird Inc or INC and the other is hit like a pod.com
0: Love it, Joy. Well listen, certainly no doubt you and your partner in crime are doing great things to bring joy to the world and also success in healthcare. So I really appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate you sharing your message with us today.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you very much, Saul. This has really been a treat.
0: Hey how comes, Rocket listeners? No podcast. No problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.